Uh, well, guys, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to begin in Genesis chapter 6. We'll be a little all over the place. Uh, I usually preach from the CSB. Uh, the CSB does a pretty poor translation of translating uh, the phrase that this whole series is based on, which is, but God. Uh, it typically just ignores the but. And uh, we're not going to do that. We're not going to ignore uh, that word uh, this morning. So uh, I'm going to be reading from the ESV. And so if uh, the words don't exactly match up with your Bible, I know many of us use the CSB these days. Uh, that is okay. But uh, I'm in Genesis chapter 6, starting in verse 5, and God's word says this. It says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land. Man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now I'm going to skip uh, to chapter 7, starting in verse 17. It says this, it says, The flood, uh, remember God finally sent rain on the earth, uh, rain 40 days, 40 nights, and, and it says the flood continued 40 days on the earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all of the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. If you guys can think about Mount Everest being covered in water, so much so that, that the ark is able to float high above that and not worry about running aground, right? Okay? The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep, and all of the fish died that moved uh, on the earth. Birds, livestock, beasts, all the swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind, everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life, died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals, creeping things, and birds of heaven. Uh, they were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left, and those who were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed on the earth for 150 days. And then we find this verse, chapter 8, verse 1. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and their waters subsided. Uh, this morning there's three things I want to share with you. Uh, and here is the first as we think about that phrase, but God remembered first thing I want you to know is that God cannot forget, which means he has not forgotten you, okay? God cannot forget, which means he cannot forget you, right? When we feel like we are lost, when we feel like we are unseen, when we feel like everyone, including God, has forgotten us, there is a uh, foundational truth that we must remember, and it is this. It is impossible for God to forget, right? God knows everything. Uh, can you do me a, a favor real quick, Caleb? Can you turn out the cam lights in the left and the right, or Franklin, either one? One of them's flickering, and it's going to drive me nuts, right? Pastor, have a little seizure up here. That'd be great. Uh, so we need to remember this truth. It's impossible for God to forget. He is all-knowing. Now, the big theological term for that uh, is, is that God is omniscient, right? 
that he's omniscient. That's a big term we kind of throw around in church. Uh, but here's what that means. Wayne Grudem does an awesome job in his book, Systematic Theology, kind of, kind of describing what it means that God is omniscient or all-knowing. He says this. He says, it means that God fully knows himself and all things, actual and possible, in one simple eternal act. Just in, like God just knows it all the time. But I love the second sentence. He says, God is fully aware of everything that happens all at one time. And, and get this, he, can, uh, he never can learn or forget anything. God, being all-knowing, means He can never forget anything, which means that even when we feel forgotten, we are not. We are not. Listen to me. How do you think Noah felt? God tells him to build an ark. He takes forever building the ark. The rain finally comes. Like, like the waters rise. And then he is on that boat surrounded by raging seas for five months. That's what the scripture says. Like, here, here's the verse, uh, Genesis 7, 24. The waters prevailed for 150 days. But the very next verse, but God remembered Noah. Why did God remember Noah? Because that's who God is, right? Because it is impossible for God to forget, which means that he has not forgotten you. Some of you feel like Noah. You feel like you have been surrounded by raging seas and storms for months, maybe for years, right? Some of you feel like you have been isolated forever. But I need you to know this truth. God has not forgotten you. Because it's impossible for God to forget. All right? So that's where we begin. Second thing I want you to know this morning is that God's people and his promises to them are always on his mind. God's people and his promises to them are always on his mind. So if God can't forget, what on earth does it mean when the scripture says that God remembers? What does that mean? Why, why would the Bible even say God remembers if God can't forget? Well, the word uh, remember in the Old Testament is the Hebrew word zakar. Right? And, and it does mean remember, but it also means to keep in remembrance. Another way to say that is to be mindful of. Right? To be mindful of. And, and, and this is the truth that God tries to communicate to his kids over and over and over again. He's speaking to the people of Israel through the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 49. And, uh, and this is what he says. He says, but Zion said, uh, these are the, the people of God said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has, has forgotten me. We've been there. Amen? Right? We've been, we felt that way at times. Kind of like Noah must have felt, five months, Lord, where are you? Right? I've been enduring this forever, God. I feel isolated. I feel forgotten. Right? And that's how the people of God felt. But listen to God's response to them. He says, can a woman forget her nursing child? Absolutely not, right? That, that, that she should have no compassion on the son of her woman? Listen, even if they could, yet, get this, yet I will not forget you. Behold, God says, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are what? Continually before me. God is saying to his kids, here's, here's me, ready? I am always mindful of you. What God says in this passage is what eventually comes Willie Nelson's best song, right? You were always on my mind. Always. That's what God's saying. You are always on my mind. Listen, as a parent, as a father, right? Busy, lots of things to do. 
My wife's even better at this than I am. But I'll tell you, in the midst of all that busyness, there's always like an open tab. You know, if you think about your computer, there's always an extra tab back there. You may not be using it, but it's open. And that tab is your kids. No matter what you're going through the day, there's something like, okay, I wonder, are they okay in this travel or in this journey? And listen, higher and holier, that's how God is with you. God is always thinking about you. But not only are you always on his mind, what he's promised you is always on his mind. What he said to you is always on his mind. Psalm 145 uh, says, uh, the Lord is faithful in all his words. God always keeps his promises. And so not only is God always thinking about you, but God is always thinking about what he's promised you. And he's always working, even when you don't see it, to fulfill the things that he has promised to you. Even when you don't see what he's doing, he's always working to fulfill, to keep what he has promised you because he is faithful, right? He's faithful. I love how Joshua puts it in his farewell address to the people of God. Joshua 23, 14, he says, I am now going the way of the whole earth. And you know with all of your heart and with all of your soul, he's like, you know this, that none of the good promises the Lord your God made to you has fell. Not a one. He says, everything was fulfilled for you. Not one promise has failed. That is what the Bible means when it says God remembers. It means that he is always mindful of you. He was always mindful of exactly what he has promised you. And he is always, always thinking about those things. Right? Which kind of leads us to our last point, which I think is some of the greatest news we can ever hear. And it's this. Because of this, because of these truths, right? Because, because God cannot forget. Because he is always thinking about us and his promises to us. Because of this, we can be assured that God will act in his perfect time. Because of this, we can be assured that God will act in his perfect time. There's one other really important thing about this phrase, God remembers when you find it in Scripture. And it's this, it's always immediately followed by God acting on behalf of his children. Always, right? It's crazy, but let me show you. You think I'm just talking about Noah. We'll walk through scripture where we find this phrase. So let's start with Noah, right? So Genesis 8.1 says this, right? And God, but God remembered Noah. Okay, as well as all the wildlife, livestock that were with him on the ark. And it says, and, and then God caused the wind to blow. Right? So God remembered Noah, and then what does God do? He remembers, and, and then he immediately causes the waters to begin to cease. Okay? We, we see the same thing with, with Abraham, Genesis 19. It says, uh, so uh, it was when God destroyed the cities of the plain, uh, he remembered Abraham, and get this, and he brought Lot out of the middle of the uphoof. God remembers Abraham, he immediately acts, and he brings Lot out of the city before it's destroyed, right? Okay, uh, we, we see the same thing with Rachel, right? Rachel, uh, who, uh, who, who was, was the favorite, right, but couldn't conceive. Uh, and, and, uh, and here's what it says. It says, then God remembered Rachel. God remembered Rachel, and then what does he do? He listened to her, and he opened her womb. So God remembers Rachel, and he acts, okay? We, we see the same thing in, in, uh, in the book of Exodus. It says, God heard their groaning. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And, and, and that chapter ends, and immediately, the next chapter in Exodus, God is calling Moses at the burning bush. 
He says, hey, you're going to go to Pharaoh and you're going to deliver my people out of his hands. Right? God remembers, God acts. Uh, and, and this isn't just an Old Testament thing, by the way. Uh, here's a cool story in the New Testament if you still have your Bibles open. I'm in Acts uh, chapter 10. And uh, if you like bacon, this story's for you. Okay, so Acts chapter 10, uh, Peter is, is praying and he has this vision. And from, from heaven, God brings down this bountiful feast and there's all kinds of food that Peter has said is unclean, it's unclean, it's unclean. And God's using this to show Peter that the gospel is for the Gentiles too, right? But also that you can eat bacon, which is great. And uh, just a great little sub, sub, sub note there. And, and this is what it says here in Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 15. It says, and the voice came to him a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was then taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might have been, uh, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate. And they called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, while he's thinking about it, the Spirit said to him, Behold, look, Three men are looking for you. And, and, and then this is what it says in verse, in verse 20. I'll put it up on the screen, right? It says, get up, go downstairs with them, uh, with no doubts, go with them, because I have sent them. God says, listen, I have sent them. Now listen, when God remembers, he acts, and you say, okay, so God says, hey, I've sent them. Well, why does God send them? Well, we, we find that in, in verse 30 and 31. It says, Cornelius replied four days ago at this hour at three in the afternoon, I was praying in my house. Just then a man in dazzling clothing stood before me and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your acts of charity have been, what does that say? Remembered in God's sight. God remembered Cornelius Right? God remembered Cornelius, and so he sent people to get Peter. Peter's going to go to Cornelius, preach the gospel, and Cornelius is going to receive the gospel. Right? He's going to become a believer in Jesus. God can't forget. It is not in his nature, which means that he cannot forget about you you are always on his mind. His promises to you are always on his mind. Therefore, we can be assured that in his perfect time, he will act. He will. That is who he is. That can never not be who he is. Which just begs the question, then what do we do with that truth? Right? What do we do with it, this truth that God is a God who remembers? Well, if, 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 listen, if God ain't forgetting, then the blame lies somewhere else, right? Which is kind of the first point. It's not God that needs to remember. It's us. It's us. So we're talking about application. Here's the first thing I think we need to work on, me especially. Okay, ready? Number one, consistently remind yourself who God is. God is all-knowing. He can't forget. That's the truth. Okay? I go through storms in life. I feel isolated. And I start to blame God. Anybody else have that problem? Just me? Only sinner in the house, right? I'm like, God, why are you? God, where are you? Whole time, God is working. God's working his plan. God is redeeming. God's setting in motion things unseen, things that are bigger than me, that I can't understand, not even if I were told right? 
God's, God's working all that together for good, by the way. And here I am questioning him. God, where are you? God, why are you doing this? God, what about me? I'm all alone here. You've forgotten me. Right? And God's like, no, dude, you've forgotten me. Have you forgotten that I know everything? That I know your first breath and your last? That I know the purpose that I have planned for you that you couldn't think or imagine even if you were told? Have you forgotten that I'm the God who tells the seas where to stop and the stars when to come out? Have you forgotten who I am? Because I have not forgotten you. And so we need to remind ourselves that God is a God who doesn't forget. So how do we remind ourselves who God is? I'll give you a few ways, okay? One, uh, I think we, we, we need to regularly submit ourselves to, to, to biblical preaching, okay? You're saying, that's because you're a pastor, Jason. Uh, no, like I just, I, I think, like the Bible says, right, how are people going to come to know if they don't hear, right? So we have, to, we have to be in church. That's important. You guys are here. Step one, you got it, right? You got it, step one. So we got to regularly be in church. Okay, so submit ourselves to preaching. We need to submit ourselves to teaching. We call that Bible study. That's, that's a kind of a smaller group audience in this. We would surrender to that. We would step into that, be with another community of, of, of believers. Somebody's teaching us. That's different than preaching, right? Although I try to do a little bit of both when I'm here. Um, okay? But then we need to submit ourselves even further. How do we remember? Daily, we should be reading the Scriptures, reminding ourselves of who God is, right? Okay? The Bible talks about meditating on God's Word. That's, I'm reading it. Not only am I reading it, then I'm thinking about it all day. It's one of our efforts around here. When you come to church, we try to send you home with things to think about, with questions to talk about and ask your family. Okay? So we need to consistently remind ourselves who God is. Okay? God hasn't forgotten us. We're the ones that forget who he is. All right, second thing. We have to consistently cry out for help. We need to consistently cry out for help. There is a common thread. Not every time when we see God remembered, is there somebody praying? But it's a good 50%. Right? And I'll show you what I mean. Many of the instances where the scripture says, God remembered, we find the element of prayer. And it's true. So let's start with, let's start with Rachel. Genesis 30, 22. It says, then God remembered Rachel. And look at that. He listened to her. And open her womb. What was Rachel doing? She's praying. God, man, Leah's got all these kids. Lord, why? Please, I just want to be a mom, right? And God remembered Rachel and opened her womb. Uh, the same thing happens in Exodus, right? It says God heard their groaning. That's not just complaint. They're crying out to God. God, save us. God, help us. God, this covenant. Why are we at the hands of the Egyptians, right? God's got a plan. God remembers them. Same thing happened with, with Cornelius, right? Cornelius replied four days ago at this hour at three in the afternoon. I was what? I was praying. I was praying. Listen, I understand that this seems almost counterculture because when we feel alone, we don't want to pray to God. We want to yell at God. Right? But God hasn't forgotten you. I wonder if sometimes he's just waiting on you to go, hey God, I'm here and I've been fighting against you and I, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but, but like Paul, if this is where you want me right now, then I'm just going to be the best me that I can be right here. 
in, in this weakness, in these surroundings, I'm just going to be faithful until you choose, right? A.K.A. David, to get me out of this pit, right? I'm just going to trust in that, which is kind of the last thing, is that we need to consistently trust that God will act on our behalf. Consistently trust that God will act on our behalf. Can I ask you a question? How, uh, how different would life look for you if those three elements were a part of your spiritual DNA? Anybody? Right? So here's the truth. I, I just believe this all in my heart. This is why we started here in this new series. I think at times we all feel forgotten. I really do. But God remembers. He remembers you. He loves you. And he has a plan for your life. Will you remember him? Remember who he is. Remember he is working and trust him to do that work because he will. And in his perfect time, the waters will cease. I promise. You guys pray with me? Father, thanks for loving us. Thanks for your word. It is good. It endures forever. Uh, God, help us receive it. Lord, I, I want to pray specifically for those folks that came in and this, is, it, it, it actively describes not where they once were, but where they are today. They do feel surrounded, right? They feel like the, 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 the raging waters are all around them and they can't see dry ground. And God, today, right, even as they pray now, help them to cry out to you, to say, God, remember me. And Lord, as they do, would you begin, Holy Spirit, who is often described as a wind, Holy Spirit, would you begin to blow over their lives and begin to make the waters recede, that you might start a new work in their life today. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen.